0: Impress your friends, amaze your co-workers, make your family proud. Here's what you need to know. I'm going to tell you what
1: you need to know. I'm going to tell you
2: what you need to
1: hear. Fourth quarter of the program begins right now, finishing strong here on a Monday. I'll start the show tomorrow and to get on a jet plane and go to Vegas. Uh, Trent Green will join us here in a little bit. He's already in Vegas. How about his, uh, you know, where his studio is for CBS Sports, mm-hmm. the quarterback show that mm-hmm. he does? mm mm-hmm. Take a guess. In Vegas, where is this Uh, set?
3: The Stardust.
1: Okay, good answer. It's been demolished for years, but nice try. Uh, I'm going to
4: go. I mean, I'm going to go with that. Isn't there a fancy one called like the Aria? Uh, There is a fancy one called the
1: Aria. The the Tangiers? Uh, Yes, it's in the Tangiers. And uh, Mr. Rothstein will be there to fire anyone who screws up their job. (laughs) And look out for Joe Pesci to uh, go ballistic with a baseball bat on your knees.
4: they just put him at, like, the CBS Affiliates building, whatever the local affiliate is? No,
1: they've got a set in the middle of the Bellagio Pond. Wow. So check that out on CBS Sports, yeah. Trey Green, uh, going to be doing a couple Stone. of shows from out on that. We need to get an Ocean's Eleven. Track. Yeah, he was telling me last week that they have three different sets for CBS. They have CBS News, CBS Sports, and CBS CBSSports.com. Uh, they have three sets in the pond.
4: Where he will be will be the middle one with the fountains going off behind him. And tomorrow, we, we can uh, if we have a chance, we'll ask Gary Parrish. Are you jealous of that set? Yeah.
3: Uh, why are you not there, Gary? So he's not at the Tropagala was that? That was the uh, Godfather 2. Oh, really? They couldn't say Tropicana, so, so they, they called it, call it the Tropicana.
1: Tropicana. Okay. Um, wow. We're trying to make a move against the Tropicana. Yeah. Uh, good to know. Uh, time for uh, what you need to know. It's uh, brought to you by uh, Jocelyn's Jewelry. Uh, you need to know, Valentine's Day is coming up, guys. Tick, 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 tick. Nothing puts a a smile on your Valentine's face like jewelry and nobody does it better than Gary Joslin and Joslin's Jewelry. Uh, Kansas City's best for more than 40 years. Most experienced staff, most scintillating beautiful diamonds you've ever seen, plus best selection of engagement rings Valentine's Day. Big for engagements if you're popping that big question. More than a thousand engagement and wedding rings to choose from. It's at Joslin's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch online at Joslin's dot com. The Sunflower Showdown on the Hardwoods is tonight. Mm Mm-hmm. Not getting a lot of run. West,
3: Western version.
1: Nice appetizer for your uh, Super Bowl, you know? Or maybe a dessert after the Bobby Witt main course. Mm, Uh, Of course, um, I guess really we should probably lead, now that I think about it, with the uh, Bobby Witt contract. Uh, Getting inked uh, today, the uh, Royals, uh, making Bobby Witt Jr. the highest paid player in franchise history. uh, In agreement on an 11-year contract for $289 million. Uh, Player options, take it to 11. He can be out in seven. For
3: 141? Yeah, for 141.
1: So seven for 141, 11 for 289. There's uh, three club options on the back end of that. Worth 89 million. So it can be reported as a 7-11 or 14-year deal. But the good news is Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be a Kansas City Royal for a long, long time. So uh, congrats to him. Finally, he can pick up the check.
3: It's about time. He's been hurting. Well, he won't be making a lot, a lot of money this year. Uh, no, this year, or even uh, next year.
1: The, the salary for him this year, two million. Uh, next year, seven and 26, it's 13. Following that, 1930, 35, 35. Player options for four years for 35 million through 2034. The three club options, 33, 28, and 28 million in 35, 36, and 37. So the Royals, uh, get their man and uh, keep him in a Royals uniform for at least seven more years. So, not bad. Uh, Let's talk about the Sunflower Showdown. It does happen tonight. Uh, You can uh, catch it right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. The home of the Kansas Jayhawks. Here's Bill Self uh, talking about the uh, performance against the
3: Houston Cougars. Everybody saw that coming, right? I said double digit win. Betten, Somebody on just felt like it. It was only the second did time. Did it, it was, uh, to me uh, from a historical standpoint. It was the second time that in the last fifteen years they've been a, a dog at home. And the previous time they were a dog at home was to Baylor in twenty one, and they went out and went by thirteen. Yeah. I'm like, smells like a ten point win it, to me. It feels
4: like the Baylor, loaded on Baylor. Yeah, it feels like, like twenty
1: four. Feels yeah. like the Patrick Mahomes underdog. Auto bet. Yep. KU dog at home. Tell somebody else is the coach, it's an auto bet. Bill Self thought his team played great
0: against Houston. We executed so well that first 10 minutes or so. I mean, got anything we wanted. And when we didn't get it, we just turned it over. We had layup and miss a couple of lob passes or whatever. But, yeah, we did a lot of good things. And, and even when we... Made some bad plays, which we made several. They were good thoughts, uh, a lot of them, and and uh, you know our starters all played great, and our bench didn't play a ton, but they came in and gave us some good things. Uh, uh, but you know we, we kind of changed how we guarded. We didn't pressure as much. We obviously uh, uh, tried to do a good job on the guards, and we did a good job on on uh, two of the three. And of course, Cryer got going, but but uh, uh, we didn't turn them over. It was a different type of defense today and uh, we kept our guys underneath their guys which probably helped a little bit with uh, defensive rebounding and for the most part we did a good job on that but, but that that is a one tough team and and we matched their toughness today
1: Uh, K-State, on the other hand, really struggling here of late. We mentioned with Gary Parish a couple of weeks ago about that they had three tough ones in a row against ranked opponents at Iowa State, at Houston, and Oklahoma getting housed in two of those three, losing all three by double digits. Nobody saw them losing at Oklahoma State. You thought they would get things going. I said it feels like the wheels are coming off. Uh, I definitely think the wheels are coming off uh, with K-State, but Bill Self said the fact that the Cats have lost four straight means nothing tonight.
0: Yeah, it doesn't matter what the records are, what what, what they've done. Uh, they're going to play their butts off. Uh, they, they always do, especially, I mean, they always do against us, but especially over there. And, and we'll, have to, we'll have to have a performance like we did tonight in order to go over there and leave out of there happy.
3: That's absolutely not true. <laughs> Categorically false. No bulletin board material.
1: K-State's going to bring it. But they don't got to play like they did against Houston to win this one.
4: They shot 70 freaking percent against a Kelvin-Sampson defense. But listen,
1: they still only had 22 minutes from their bench and like nine points. Yeah. That's and, still and an How issue. often
3: do you see a team win the turnover battle in basketball, 18-3, to 3 and lose, lose by, by double, by double digits. digits? That was crazy.
4: They, huh? um... One thing that's notable, I think maybe the most notable thing going for Kansas right now, is Bart Torvik, who's sort of a competitor of Ken Palm. I know Gary yeah. uh, mentions it regularly. Uh, if you go back to January 13th, which is, was in Johnny, Johnny Furphy, who was inserted in the starting lineup, on Bart Torvik, Kansas' third in the nation... Um, now, look, there's plenty of different analytics websites, so take that for what it's worth. But but you've, you've sniffed out and successfully found the one that makes Kansas look as good well, as Well, I think all of them are, are probably making Kansas look good since Furphy was in, in, inserted in the starting lineup. The problem remains that bench. And somebody – I mean, it's inevitable someone's going to get three fouls in the first half in, a, in an NCAA tournament game, and you're going to have to weather the storm. And, I, and I, right now – I don't see somebody to weather the storm with.
1: Four straight losses for the Cats. Jerome Tang asked about uh, the frustration of this
2: losing streak. Losing is not fun, all right? Anytime you lose, right? It doesn't matter if it was we had won 10 in a row and then lost one. It, it doesn't matter. And, like, this is our movie, right? We, we, choose, we can choose to be victims or we can choose to be stars. We're going to choose to be stars in this movie. We're going to be the one to determine how it turns out, not... Somebody else, or or the narrative, or the obstacles that are in our way, right? Die Hard wouldn't be great if Bruce Willis got killed in the first scene, right? When he oh, why me? No shoes, right? He gets killed. Movie wouldn't have been a great movie. He chose not to be a victim. We're gonna choose not to be a victim.
4: (laughs) That's a great line. (laughs) That's freaking awesome. Why me? No shoes. (laughs) What a great... It doesn't explain to yeah. Everyone's seen it. Everyone knows. I know. It's fantastic. For, it is. Uh... For most of that whole thing, I thought, you know, this guy's kind of starting to talk in cliches the way we talked about Eli Drinkwitz last year, particularly when Missouri wasn't doing so well, but then he brings up the... the Die Hard, and I'm like, okay, never mind. What a great no. goal.
1: yeah. He, yeah, he finished strong uh, with that one. Um, all right, a couple days ago, losing at Oklahoma State, not good for the Cats. Tang, glad they can get right back at it.
2: That's the great thing about this league, right? You get to like turn around, we're at the house, and school up the road is coming down, and you, you gotta be able to turn the page quickly, but also learn from it, and and it's gotta hurt you. It's got to hurt you, and, and, and it's okay that it hurts us and because it, it means we care. If it doesn't hurt you, I don't want you in the locker room.
3: You also talked about um, we, we need to learn to be competitive for 40 minutes. That's a, a, a cunard for all coaches. He says we're not good enough to pick and choose when to be competitive. True story. Yeah.
1: Uh, Super Bowl news: uh, Isaiah Pacheco and Chris Jones are both expected to play. Real, uh, what is that?
3: The real chance?
1: Are both expected to play? Okay, I see. Uh, real chance. I think somebody was still typing. A real chance. McKinnon plays on Sunday. Hmm. Is that what that is? According to Rappaport. Okay. I ain't buying it. I think that's a smokescreen. I probably is too. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not seeing that happening, but. Uh, George Kittle says he's not concerned about his toe injury. And the big one, field conditions for the Forty ers practice field at UNLV. We talked about this with Adam Hill during the two-minute drill. You can catch that in the 4P hour of the podcast at 810whp.com. According to Adam Schefter, the NFL put in a sod field on top of field turf and started laying it just last week when the NFL ordinarily requires Super Bowl practice fields to meet certain standards in December. Sources told Schefter the NFL hardness score for fields averages 78 with no field being less than a seventy, the 49ers practice field is considered in the fifties. The fix is in. I mean, you're a soft team. It's part of the construction to give you a soft yeah. field. Yeah. Hey, can are you still serve wine and cheese there? Last I mean, year, they,
4: last year they pissed and moaned about the playing field, but then they realized, well, wait, the Chiefs are also on that playing field. Let's let's piss and moan about the practice field now. Yeah. So
1: rigged. Really, guys, is what we're doing. I'm cry about this, really? uh, Eric Bieniemy not going to be with the Commanders. I think that was kind of written on the wall when Cliff Kingsbury was hired mm. as the offensive coordinator. But Dan Quinn felt the need to make it official today. Yeah, uh, he's not going to be here. Oh, We gathered as much. We gathered as much, but for some reason that was released today. I love that. All right, let's take a break. Trent Green uh, from CBS Sports and of course former Pro Bowl quarterback for your Kansas City Chiefs joins us next. Finishing strong here in the five o'clock hour, we talk to the quarterback from CBS Sports, former Pro Bowl quarterback for your Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking about Trent Green here in the uh, program. Trent joins us straight out of Las Vegas, Nevada. Trent, how are you?
5: <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's uh yeah, it's already uh, landed last night. Um, and yeah, it's already, it's already hopping. The traffic's picking up and, uh, there's a lot going on around town already.
1: Yeah, it is, uh, amazing how that, uh, how that town pops. And of course you got a Super Bowl there and you guys, I think I had this right. You told me last week uh, for CBS sports, you're broadcasting from the, uh, the middle of the Bellagio
5: pond. Yes. Yeah. They showed me, uh, I had some flight issues, uh, getting here last night, so I wasn't able to go. Check out the set, but I will be here in a few hours, uh, going over to check things out. And uh, yeah, it's um, it's right in the middle. I, I, I guess there's supposed to be. Uh, I was looking at pictures last night from uh, some of our producers, and and there's three different stages: one set up for CBS News, one set up for CBS Sports, and then one set up for .com. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, ours is going to be right in the middle. So hopefully, at some point in time, and probably multiple times throughout the show, you'll see us on set, and then the fountains will be going, going off behind us, uh, which kind of gives it a cool look. Uh, it is only in the fifties and raining here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's just, just part of it. Yeah. The, the
1: weather is, uh, actually not supposed to be good all week, right. If I'm not mistaken, right. uh, it's, and this is all there that
5: stuff that's hitting, all that stuff that's hitting California, right. That they're, you know, Pebble beats the, uh, which is a little bit further up North, but, but still all the, uh, all the major storms and everything hitting California are just heading right this way. So, yeah, it's going to be bad.
1: Yeah, uh, as, as I'm, I'm looking at it here 55 and rain on Tuesday, uh, then partly cloudy uh, and 57 and 56, Wednesday, Thursday, 53, 55, Super Bowl Sunday, 57. Uh, so not even going to touch 60 with overnight lows getting down to as low as Saturday night's overnight low is 35 degrees. So, uh, yes, I do remember these times when I lived there that, uh, this is the fun weather time. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's actually going to be nicer in Kansas City than it is in Vegas, which is great for Chiefs fans, but, uh, certainly not what the, uh, NFL wanted. So, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see what everyone's, uh, review well, is. Make
5: do, believe me. They, they've been able to deal with uh, a lot of things. Um, and they're gonna have it, uh, you know. They're gonna have the fan experience set up. You know, all the hotels are gonna have all the shows. You know, all the all the stars come in for the Super Bowl to to do concerts and and uh, different things like that. So there's gonna be plenty going on around town, and and uh, they're gonna make sure it's done right.
1: Yeah, yeah no doubt uh, they put on a great show I'm sure it'll be uh, a spectacular week for everybody involved I hope so looking forward to joining everybody out there we're talking to Trent Green uh here in the uh, program Trent let's start with the unpleasantries news coming out that on Saturday night uh, Patrick Mahome's father was arrested for his third DWI I think uh, hopefully uh, people are uh, hip to the idea that that's a that's a bad deal right uh, we don't want to minimize the real life the danger that uh, he put uh, people's lives in that are out there and and that's obviously something that uh, is, is, you know, thank God it wasn't a bigger tragedy, uh, you know, right. that involved an accident. So I want to identify let's football game and distraction from a football game is secondary. That's an issue that he needs to take care of clearly. And, and, and thankfully, no one else was hurt. But what does this do to a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who's now going to have – media sessions every single day. The rest of the way, I'll we'll have the media session here in a little bit. The big melee one, you know, that's going to come up probably almost every day. Uh, is that something you worry about being a distraction for Patrick Mahomes? Uh,
5: for most players, I would worry about it for Patrick because of all the stuff he has going on around him uh, since he became the starter. You know, six seasons ago, um, you know, he's been able to handle a lot of that stuff, whether it be backlash to his wife, whether it be backlash about his brother or family members. Uh, in this case, um, you want to try and keep the distractions as low as possible throughout the course of the whole season. You definitely want to keep the distractions at bay uh, during Super Bowl week, just because, as you said, during the regular season, you know, you only have like one media day a week that you're setting up, or or maybe two if you're dealing with national media. And so, uh, but as you said, uh, the Super Bowl, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to deal with those questions, you know, every day. And and I'm sure he'll handle it um, the way he's handled everything uh, with a lot of class and a lot of respect, um, you know, to to everything involved with it. But um, yeah, you want to keep all that. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully, Pat's dad gets some help. Um, needs to get some help, and and. Uh, you know, as you said, the bigger picture is, is bigger than football. Um so hopefully he gets that taken care of. Um but yes, it is it is something that, that Patrick's gonna have to deal with and and I don't think um, just knowing the things that Patrick's been able to deal with throughout his career that it'll be uh it'll be much of an issue for him
1: yeah well we we certainly hope not from the football perspective uh, and you know he's done nothing uh, wrong in the situation, so you hope it doesn't affect his his game uh, out there and and what do you think of the way he's playing um is this you know i i the the term game manager gets thrown around and and quarterbacks bristle at it. I, I wish they wouldn't because I think to be a great quarterback, you have to first be a game manager. But to me, he was always doing a good job of managing games. But a lot of the time, the way he needed to manage the game was just to put his foot on the gas, right? This has been a team that's right. required him to, you know, hey, we got we got to pump the brakes here. Let's take the three. Let's go ahead and punt. And in the game against the Ravens, let's take sacks and keep the clock going. It, it, are we seeing now – you know, not that you can't always learn and the game always evolves, so there'll be more things for him to learn. But are we seeing really the finished product that Patrick Mahomes is at the top of his game now?
5: Well, and, and I think you can even take it back to last year. Uh, I went back and reviewed last year's Super Bowl and last year's playoffs. Um, been trying, You know, he's 14-3 and three in 17 playoff games. You know, all the stats, all the phenomenal stats, the numbers, the MVPs, everything he's won and all the numbers he's put up, and he's even better in the playoffs so we talked about this last week about his his level of focus even goes to another level and and i think that's been clear especially in the game against buffalo at buffalo and the game at baltimore you know doing the things that are necessary to win the game and it may be you know i don't i don't think it's going to be where he's going to have to throw for 300 plus yards but it's going to be managing things and making sure he puts his defense in good position and understanding you know uh, i brought up looking at last year's super bowl you know i forgot he didn't even throw for 200 yards last year yeah. in that Super Bowl. I mean, it was 182 yards. He had three touchdowns, no interception, but he was very efficient. You know, I think he ran for about 44 yards, I think 40, 44 yards, something like that, rushing in the game. Um, you know, Pacheco had close to 80 yards rushing in the game. It was it was a much different – even though the score, there were a lot of points. Um, you look at the yardage-wise, the Chiefs didn't have a lot of yardage, but they found ways to get in the end zone, take advantage of field position, get wins, and so I think that's continued to carry over. Um, you look at his numbers, uh, regular season and playoff numbers, and you look at what he's, he's done yardage-wise over the last couple of years in the playoffs, um, you know, no interceptions, protecting the football, just done a tremendous job. So I think uh, I think his evolution started some time ago, and I think it's continued this year. And, and whether those are direct conversations he's having with Andy Reid or, or with Matt Nagy or with Eric me you know, you can just see his growth um, and, and the way he's improved his game and the way he understands what, what needs to be done to get the win.
1: Yeah, we're talking to Trent Green here in the uh, program, uh, getting ready for Super Bowl 58. Of course, you'll hear that right here on your home of the National Football League. Kevin Harlan with the uh, call right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Uh, you know, you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco. How You know, they ran the ball even though they weren't super effective. Always they were effective in punching it into the end zone. But how important is it? Do you think that they, you know, are are balanced that, that he gets, you know, I was posing the question that, you know, I I don't know that 20 is a magic number, but, uh, you know, maybe 18, 19 is enough, but like they're going to have to run the ball. Uh, to try to keep Bosa and the rest of that defense honest, right? Like, that is going to be part of the game plan, even if they're not getting yards. Even if it's 21 carries for 64 yards, they're going to have to present the threat of the run to be effective
5: offensively. Do you agree? I do agree. And and I think if you go back and watch the first half of the Detroit game, uh, Detroit and San Francisco game and the NFC championship game, and watch the way the Detroit offensive line bullied them, and the way they ran the ball, and and I know things went haywire in the second half, but um, they were physical with that unit, and and that's the strength of that defense is their front seven. So, um, if the Chiefs can get physical and just you know and and do that and provide some balance, uh, I think that's really an area they can attack. Uh, I know that uh, San Francisco has some weaknesses from a uh, from a coverage standpoint. There's a couple of defenders over there you can take advantage of. Um, but they do a good job of rushing four and getting pressure with the four that they rush, not blitzing a lot, playing a lot of zone coverage. But if you're rushing four, dropping in zone and not getting pressure, you know, all that does is give guys time to find windows. And we know how that worked last week with Kelsey and Mahomes. I mean, you find, you just sit there and be patient and you finally find the crease and and you're going to take it. We talked last week about whether or not they go a box and one, right? 10 in zone and one on man to man with Kelsey. We'll see. We'll see if that comes to fruition as well. So, um, there's a lot of things that are at play here in this, and, and it'll be interesting to see how they decide to attack. Uh But yeah, I do, I do agree with you that they need to, uh they need, I, th- I think they need to run the ball. And and it's something that they've, you know, if you look at the last, well, this season, um it's something that they've they continued to try and do.
1: Why are the 49ers having problems stopping the run? They've got a lot of money tied up in that defensive line. They got a lot of money tied up in the linebackers. What, why uh, were the lions able to be so effective and, and, you know, why why isn't the defense the name value of the defense is phenomenal, but uh, it, it's
5: not one of the top defenses in football. Why? What's missing? You know, I, I really thought the big difference was when they had the trade deadline they went out and got Chase Young to to put opposite Nick Bosa, and and Nick's been able to to have a, another phenomenal year, another double digit sacks and, and tackles for loss and force them all the stuff that he does. Uh, I've been surprised how ineffective Chase Young has been. Um, you know, he's a couple of years removed now from that knee surgery. So I thought when the trade was made, I want to say he had, he had five and a half sacks in seven games for Washington when the trade was made. And he's only has two and a half sacks the rest of the season in San Francisco. So, uh, I think, you know, I think he's going to have to step up and play better. I don't think they've gotten the play out of him that they've, that they've wanted. You know, I know Steve Wilkes is now taking over as defensive coordinator. You know, he was down in Arizona as head coach and, once D'Amico Ryan's left to be the head coach of the Texans, then they gave Steve the, the defensive coordinator job. And he wasn't happy at all with that first half performance. I just got done talking about the way the Lions were able to push him around um, physical. And that's the way the Lions were built. That's the way Dan Campbell built the team. He wants big line. Then he wants to push him around. He wants to run the football. They went out and got an extra running back so they could rotate running. I mean, that's the way Detroit was built. Um, so that's why I think San Francisco had problems with it and, and, uh, it'll be interesting to see if the if the Chiefs can have that same effectiveness. Um, yeah. The other interesting thing is is I saw the note yesterday that McKinnon has an opportunity uh, to get activated. Uh, I see they they opened up the window on that, and that's something to. To pay attention to knowing that uh, that Pacheco's a little banged up.
1: Do you think that that's just to burn some practice reps on the Niners? Like, okay, you got to prepare for this guy as well. Uh, do, you, do you really think that that kind of smells to me like a smokescreen? That you, you know, <laughs> have you, you get. What do you think?
5: Right. Uh, it could be. You know, you throw that out, and you're like, okay, then you have to prepare for another guy. Um, yeah, it could be. I mean, there's always gamesmanship that's going on, but. Um, it would be a nice bonus if they could, if they could get him back. But yeah, it would, it could just be nothing more than that.
1: Uh, how do you think the Chiefs, uh, want to, want to prepare for the defensive, uh, or for the offensive Kyle Shanahan? They've got great corners. Is it, let's throw our corners on an island and we'll play, you know, nine on nine, uh, with everything on the inside. Or do you think it's, you know, a whole salad bowl? He's going to mix it all up, lots of different things with that extra week to prepare what what, how would you go about there's a lot of great weapons on the Niners there's a great left tackle the rest of the offensive line's not that you know not really that impressive uh but you know Trent Williams can really play and they've got weaponry like how would how do you think Steve Spagnola defends him
5: well I we know that he's going to pressure Purdy if you look at Purdy when you give him time in the pocket he's shown you know I think he's a 69 percent complete um for the season, let alone when you give him, you know, he's well over 70% when you give him time to just stand in the pocket. So, and Spags loves the blitz. So, he's going to bring linebacker safety, secondary guys off the slot. He's going he's gonna to do a bunch of stuff just to try and cause confusion and try and get pressure in Purdy's face because he has shown that, you know, he can turn the ball over if you get that type of pressure and also the ineffectiveness. Now, the corners, how are you going to defend Kittle? So, just like we talked about how the 49ers are going to defend uh, Kelsey, how are you going to defend Kittle? Do you want to put one of your linebackers on him? Do you want to put a safety on him? Um, You mentioned the corners, but the corners, okay, are you going to try and cover McCaffrey out of the backfield with a corner or are you going to try and cover McCaffrey out of the backfield on a linebacker? I think match up on a linebacker. McCaffrey's got the advantage. Now, if you put a corner, now you're talking about a size and strength advantage because McCaffrey is a big, thick, you know, Big, thick running back. They can you can't get physical if you, if you try and get hands on them from from a corner standpoint. So, uh, and then you got Brandon Ayuk. You got uh, obviously Debo Samuel uh, is is one of the toughest guys in the league to bring down. So, yeah, these are a lot of great questions that uh, that I'm looking forward to hearing Spags answer this week. Um, I think he'll be very vague in the way he approaches it, um, but knowing that he has, as you said, a lot of depth at corner, a lot of depth at safety. Um, you know Willie Gay is back and it, it looks like from a, from a health standpoint it looks like he's going to be back so then you got tranquil to keep tranquil on the field to be more of a, a coverage guy because of his speed and his ability to do that. so, um there's there's going to be a lot of gamesmanship in how you match up how you match up Kittle how you match up McCaffrey and then ultimately how you decide to uh, to pressure Purdy
1: Charles who has had uh, an outstanding season once he got back from the suspension they'll be without him and that's a big blow and I think everybody acknowledges it but my fear here is that we're not talking about the fact that you know they lost an offensive lineman, it seemed like every game back in 2020 and they kept winning and everyone just kept saying well it doesn't really matter Patrick's so good he gets the ball out. He scrambles around. It doesn't really matter. We found out when they got up against the, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who had a very good front that it did matter. And Patrick Mahomes was running for his life that day. They couldn't block him with, with three backups and four guys out of position. Uh, you know, and, and so I, I don't think we're at that extreme, but it's a minute who on top of Derek Noddy, uh, being out. So now you're down a couple of defensive tackles. Uh, you know, how much do we worry? That there's a cumulative effect and maybe they don't get the same kind of pressure that they did before.
5: Well, I mean, I think a lot of it's gonna come down, you know, Chris, how are they how are they gonna block Chris Jones? Um, you know, it's uh that that's worrisome. Um if you're if you're the forty ers uh I think if you look at their guard, that's gonna be a big challenge for them. Um Chris has proven that he can be a game wrecker and they move him all over the place. Um, so that's gonna be you know, that's gonna be a big challenge for them. Um Yeah, you gotta. But I mean, I think that's why, I think that's why you bring that extra pressure. Why you bring the linebackers? And you know, he's been a multiple pressure, multiple package uh, defensive coordinator for years, and and we've seen that. And he's he he. You know, we talk about players taking their game to the next level. He seems to take his game to the next level every time it comes to the postseason and what he's accumulated during the course of the season, how he wants to attack, and uh, and how you want to approach things. Yeah, the
1: you know the, the 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 modern approach is put your best guy on their worst guy so Chris Jones would be nowhere near Trent Williams uh, on this right. so we we would pretty much expect him to be working over on the left side and do we expect him you know he said look FAU has, has been fine he's done a really good job it's just we have good players that are in front of him and the guys in front of him have played well uh, do you expect a little bit more of his nascar package lots of defensive ends cuz i mentioned noddy being down you know that, that right you know the, we we see you know maybe FAU on I mean, the inside Carl aftus I mean, on the inside
5: we, right right and and dan i like i like the, i mean i like the season he's having so yeah um but no i i, I so your nascar approach just you know bringing it you're just they're going to rotate guys they're going to bring guys uh i believe you know banks and feliciano those are the two guards feliciano's you know he's been on multiple teams throughout his career you know he's with the raiders for several seasons so um, you know, he and Banks are the two guards that are going to have to hold up on the inside. Um, you know, I don't, they're, yeah, they're not going to give Williams any help. Really. They're just going to be like, hey, Trent, you got, you, whoever's on you, you got to take them one-on-one and and, uh, and and that'll be the approach there. But the interior part is where you can get some pressure. And that's usually where, you know, he's timed out the blitz with Bolton or timed out the blitz with Frankel or timed out the blitz with Gay or Reed or somebody. And then occasionally you bring all those guys in the middle and the next thing you know, somebody's coming off the slot because you're paying all your attention to your guys that are in the a gap and they don't all of a sudden realize there's a guy coming outside. So yeah, he does a, he does a great job Spags, of, of, uh, of disguising things. And, and with that extra week of preparation, I'm sure that'll be a, That'll be a focal point.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the chess match is just great. I mean, when you get down to just one game, we, we always focus in on, on our team, but when you get down to one game, the whole country, you know, zeroes in on all those different matchups. And it's, it's a lot of fun to think about what the chess match is going to be.
5: Yeah. Right. But think of, think about what he did to Baltimore last week. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm still amazed by that game. I'm, I'm, you know, I was thinking about it on the plane and talking to some of the Chiefs fans that were coming out. And and we were just, you know, it's like, he got, I mean, Lamar Jackson, who we'll find out here on Thursday at at NFL Honors if he's going to get the MVP. I mean, everybody thinks that's where it's going to go. He he looked confused. He looked lost. The the passing game wasn't there. He was out of rhythm. The running game was non-existent. I mean, it was just a, a masterful game plan that spags put together uh, against baltimore
1: and, and brock purdy uh when he's gone up against the better scoring defenses, one of them baltimore has not i think i saw Correct. a stat you know one touchdown five interceptions you know is is do you see flaws in in his game you know he's had a tough first half each of the last couple of weeks but certainly played okay against the packers well enough to get the win but very well against the lions in the second half i mean how, how good do you think brock purdy really is
5: Here's the thing. So I'm breaking it up, you know, and it's it, you always have to you always have to try and balance it some, right? You don't want to say, "Oh, he's Mr. and He was the 260 whatever pick." And it's like, okay, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Then he's a the starting quarterback in the NFL. Here are his numbers as a starter in the regular season. He's 17 and four. That's his record as a starter in the regular season over the last two years. 69 percent completion, 44 touchdowns to just 15 interceptions in the playoffs. In his two-year career, he's four and one. The only loss was the one he got hurt in the NFC championship game a year ago. He's got five touchdowns, just one interception. And I'm sitting here, and I'm like, it's phenomenal to be doing this as a young quarterback. It's phenomenal, you know, to be able to handle all that. Um, To be able to come back the way he did, you know, mental, you know, uh, did you see did you see the piece um, I think NFL films called it it was Nick Bosa talking with him in the locker room after the game after they won the NFC championship game and, and Bosa was just like in awe he kept sitting there talking to him and he's going I can't believe it do you, do you ever just wonder how you're doing it how, how do you do this how do you have the confidence to do it and he you know and he just oh we all have that you know he's like you see him on, on uh on camera and interviews is, is like he is. He's very soft spoken. Um he's a man of incredible faith. He talks about his, his faith all the time and just the calmness that he has uh because of that because of his faith. Uh and, and he just he just handles the, the situation so well. Um he hasn't always played perfectly and as you said in big games he's been flustered at times and you know, that three game losing stretch that he had in mid season this year, he didn't look very good at all. Um, and for whatever reason, he got settled down after those three games, you know, the bye week came and then after the bye week, he caught fire and, and, uh, put up some big numbers again. But I think, uh, you know, I don't know, I don't know how, how his nerves can't be big going into this game, knowing all the stuff, right? Knowing, everything he's been through, what the draft was, the injury he went through, coming back from the injury, the elbow injury, the surgery, the rehab, everything. And, but he just keeps producing and finding a way. And if there was ever a time that he was going to fold, it would have been at halftime last week. And he came out in the second half last week. And then I want to say, I mean, if it wasn't a perfect quarterback rating, it was as close to a perfect quarterback rating as it could be because I, he had to have been 80-plus percent and just incredibly efficient uh, to come back and win. There will be nerves. I don't know how there can't be nerves, uh, but he seems to have handled everything very well. The key is going to be, and, and we touched on this a second ago, is, is getting pressure. Getting pressure in his face. Uh, he does get a lot of balls tipped. The Chiefs are great at tipping the ball at the line of scrimmage. So I'm sure that's going to be one thing that uh, uh, is pointed out quite a bit is uh, get your hands up because uh, he has had a lot of balls batted down.
1: Yeah. Uh, can the Chiefs defense keep the takeaways going? Like they were, they were, they only had five takeaways in the last 10 regular season games, but, uh, they picked that up. I mean, was, was that the, the 10 game streak? Was that the coincidence? And reality is you play
5: defense as well as they do. You should be taking the ball away. And this is the real Chiefs. Well, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be one of the keys of this game. I think these teams are, I think they're very evenly matched. Uh, I think there's the turnovers are going to have a big part of it, you know, points off of turnovers. You know, I just said the, the batted passes. If a ball gets batted and then, you know, if you're, if you, if you can get to the ball that's batted in the air, I mean, that's a quick change, quick, uh, um, that could be a quick six the other way. I mean, those, there's so many things that happen. We, we all know we saw it last year with, with Bolton and, and what the defense was able to do. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it'll be, a, it'll be a big part of it. Yeah,
1: uh, for sure. Can they take care of the ball? Because that was the other side. They they weren't on offense taking care of the ball, and they've seemingly, since the uh, Raider debacle, have uh, simplified things. That's made it more efficient. They've been willing to punt. Uh, do, do, you, do you see them uh, taking care of the football against the Niners?
5: Definitely, definitely. I think that, uh, you know, Patrick has the most interceptions in his career, um, but he has no interceptions in the last two postseasons. So he's on six straight playoff games. Um, maybe even I didn't even look back three years. I just looked back the last two years. So, uh, he does a good job of protecting the football. Um, but the 49ers are tied for first in the NFL during the regular season in interceptions. They had 22 interceptions. Their defense did, uh, which tied for first in the league. So, um, they'd like to get after it. They'd like to get the ball up in the air and, and, uh, yeah, they're going to, that's. I think that's going to be a major part of this is the turnover and points off of turnovers.
1: Uh, It's time to get to our final four with Trent Green from CBS Sports. Uh, He's in Vegas uh, getting ready for the uh, Super Bowl. Our final four is brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. If you suffer an orthopedic injury in everyday life or playing sports, the University of Kansas Health System offers orthopedic walk-in care. They're at 435 and all in Overland Park. Weekdays, they're open 8 to 7 Saturdays. It's 8 to 2. Learn more at kansashealthsystem.com. Slash orthopedics. Uh, Trent, I'll start you with this. Give me your prediction on the game. Who wins? What kind of score?
5: Oh, you're going for that? The
1: first one? You're yeah. not saving
5: that for the last one? No, because the other ones dovetail off that one. Okay, 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 okay. Uh, I'm going Chiefs 27 24.
1: Okay, Chiefs 27 24.
5: Then who's the MVP? I'm going to go, um, I'm going to go just because it's been that kind of year for him. I'm going to go with Kelsey yeah. <laughs> just to. Uh, just to just stockpile on all the good vibes that he's had going all season long. So it's uh it usually goes to a quarterback and Mahomes will probably get it. But I'm I'm gonna go Kelsey.
1: Okay, um, and I, I love that seventeen to one are the odds, and I'm with you on that. I, I'm, I'm going with that and a couple of the defensive guys in case they end up winning some kind of you know thirteen to six rock fight, and oh, yeah. somebody has a big day. There's long odds on like Chris Jones, Lajarius Snead, Trent McDuffie. Bolden could have got it last. Year. I know, I know. So I the game he had. That was, yeah. yeah, you get six hundred to one. A dollar returns six hundred bucks. I mean, I don't even have to bet much. Is Bolden yeah.
5: six? Uh, is Bolden you said six hundred to one? Oh, he's up there. I I'd have to look. I don't have it open in front of me right now. But, yeah, like Chris
1: Jones, I think, is like 300 to 1, and it goes all the way up to like 750 to 1. On, a, on guys like Trent Williams and a bunch of the defenders. Right.
5: And so I I, I, I kind of like Reed, Justin Reed gets a pick six or gets a yeah. or I mean, yeah, I mean, why not put a dollar down, right? Yeah. Like, hey,
1: yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. So I'm, right. I, you know, I'm going to cover, cover the board and you know, not, not rooting <laughs> against Patrick Mahomes, but if he doesn't right, have right. a big day, then hey, I have a payday and I, and, I, and I'm all for it. Um, all right. What's right. the best show in Vegas or at least the one you've well, been to? I haven't,
5: I haven't made it to the sphere yet. Uh, there's a lot of people when I got in last night, uh, in the hotel lobby that were talking about it that had, had gotten over to see you 2 uh, in the sphere. And, uh, and I, that's kind of the hottest ticket going right now. There's, um, yeah. So that, that's the one I want to get to. I'm not going to have a chance while I'm here, but, uh, but I know a lot of people went to it before this week got started because I heard them talking about it in the lobby last night. And then there's some that have been able to to sneak some tickets and are going to try seeing a show later in the week. All right. And how much time will you spend at the tables? Oh gosh. Um, I'm going to say my last, so I've got a sh- I've got two shows tomorrow night. So I've got four hours of, of live TV. Um, I'll probably, I'll probably play like an hour. Because I got a flight Wednesday morning, so I can't like not sit down at a table. So let I'll say I'll say an hour after my last show tomorrow night.
1: All right, I like it. I like it. Yeah, when in Vegas, you got you got to put a couple bucks down on something for crying yeah. out loud. Yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm not huge like you know. There's some guys like oh, we checked it. Hey, when do you go to? The I'm like, I hey, mean, I'm not going to David so I'm done working. I, that'll be tomorrow night after I'm done. I'm I'm good. So, um, but yeah, yeah. But you gotta you gotta do something. And it's, it's funny listening to everybody you know, all their different superstitions and, oh, you know, every time I'm here, I do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I love it.
1: Trent, uh, you're (laughs) the man. We appreciate it. Have fun there in Vegas and we'll talk to you uh, next week.
5: All right. Sounds good. Have a good one.
3: We're almost done for the day, but there's just a few more things we'd like to share, but
0: there's still more. Here's the kicker.
2: Here's the kicker of this
0: whole thing on the program.
3: But first, the Joe's Kansas City Barbecue burnt end of the hour answer only three times. Has there been a Super Bowl with no interceptions? I asked for any of the matchups.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, Wasn't the uh, Chiefs... no idea. Wouldn't even know
3: where to begin. Uh, Buffalo versus the Giants in Super Bowl twenty-five. Okay. The Rams and Titans in Super Bowl thirty-four. And just last year, Chiefs and Eagles. No okay. picks.
1: No picks. Yeah, well played by the uh, quarterbacks. Now, Joe's Kansas City barbecue. Always well played by you. If you get some Joe's Kansas City Barbecue, order it right now on your way home, joeskc.com. You can send it anywhere in the country from joeskc.com as well. Best barbecue in the world. Get your uh, spread together uh, for a big game day weekend as well. It's at joeskc.com. 47th emission, 119th in and Strangline, and of course, 117th and row. Leave you with this. Uh, Roger Goodell having his uh, press conference, his Super Bowl press conference, announced that uh, we will have... After the Super Bowl, defending champion opens the season on Thursday night. The next night on Friday is going to be the Eagles. They'll be the home team in a game that'll be played in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Wow. First ever NFL game in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Uh, Friday night, right after the uh, opener on Thursday night. You like this? Are we gonna we're we gonna go then a Saturday game and then a
3: like? How are we? Mm. Uh, I think I like it. I mean, that's if, if you're the Chiefs and you when you like to have that first couple of days, that's, that's just you, and then suddenly the uh, attention shifts away from the not only your team, but the entire country, oh, I'm good with it. They're the one, they want to expand. That's a good idea. I mean, we usually
1: have college football going on on Friday night, so it's not like it's like, whoa, we wouldn't have football otherwise, but yeah. here it is, the NFL, they're marking their territory wherever they want to. High school football, don't care. College football, don't care. We'll play whenever and wherever we damn well please.